Aloha Ania. That's Hawaiian for love of country. And that's exactly what we see here so plainly and beautifully expressed in the graphically striking exotic Hawaiian quilts, as well as quilts from other islands such as the Cook Islands. I often mention trade in regards to embroidery as historically that has been one of the most important conduits circulating the capabilities of a needle and thread worldwide. However, there has been another area often overlooked that also took the power of a needle and thread to far-flung islands where Christianity was being introduced. In this episode, I'll be delving into missionary work in Hawaii that took a sideways turn when missionary wives began to teach patchwork and quilting. And what's really intriguing here is that historically, Hawaiians had already been quilting in their own style since ancient times, so it's no wonder they quickly adapted to this new skill, implementing their own Hawaiian creativity, culture and native character into these beautiful works of arts where Polynesian and Western culture merge, yet still express the style and vitality of the island maker. Join me in this riveting episode of the Stitch Safari podcast where brilliant flowers, verdant perennial green plants, wild winds and tropical rains already freely expressed in Hawaiian dance, songs and poetry slowly filtered into the most amazing Hawaiian quilt designs introduced and readapted to other nearby islands through inter-island travel as well as the missionary work to create the stunning Tavave traditions. Just sit back and imagine beautiful ocean waters, rhythmic drumming tempos and gently fluid expressive dancing. You're travelling to a tropical oasis of stitch. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Kathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. There's clear evidence that Hawaiians already had a quilting history well before the arrival of Westerners. Made from the inner bark of the Hawaiian mulberry tree that was beaten into a fine cloth called kapa that was layered then stitched on the edges to create a quilt-like sleeping pad or blanket called a kapa moe, the top sheet of which was dyed and stamped with ornate and intricate designs. The fabric could be beaten so finely that it was used for garments, wraps and swaddling for infants. 
But it was also exquisitely decorated with watermarks and block stamps, garnering the attention of Captain James Cook, who wrote this in his journal in 1778. One would suppose that they, the Hawaiians, had borrowed their patterns from some mercer's shop in which the most elegant productions of China and Europe are collected, besides having some patterns of their own. The regularity of the figures and stripes is truly surprising. The intricate geometric designs from this art form was a guarded tradition passed down from generation to generation, but is unlike the flowing and graceful natural designs so widely used in Hawaiian quilt designs. It suggested that the islanders used inspiration from Western designs printed on fabric, one of which was the fleur-de-lis design, to create their own unique interpretations of intricate organic shapes that were both common and well known to them. However, when the first Western ships began arriving in the 1800s, carrying missionaries and their wives who taught the Hawaiian women patchwork, the Hawaiian women were perplexed. They couldn't see the point in cutting up perfectly good fabric into small pieces just to sew them back together again. Plus, they wanted their stitches to shine and be the focal point. This all started in around 1820 on board the ship Thaddeus, anchored off Honolulu and attended by two royal wives and their reigning chiefs. In America, applique designs were rediscovered between 1840 to 1860, but it wasn't until the 1870s that we begin to see the evolution of the Hawaiian style of applique onto a solid, coloured cloth background. The design idea suggested to have come from watching children learning to cut snowflakes from folded pieces of paper. This simple inspiration was applied to create the unique Hawaiian style of creating a quilt design by folding and cutting large pieces of fabric. Another legend suggests that a woman laid fabric to dry on some grass, noticing the beautiful shadows created by the breadfruit leaves dancing across the drying fabric, and simply cut out the shadowy designs, laying and stitching it on top of another piece of fabric. Either way, the iconic Hawaiian two-colour quilt was born. The design, much like a snowflake, cut from paper, showcasing perfect balance and symmetry. Inspiration for these designs came from the abundance of natural beauty on the islands, from the rich palm groves, coral reefs and volcanoes, and traditionally did not contain images of humans or animals, as it was thought that their spirits would be trapped and become restless. Yet the designs contain powerful symbolism and are a means of showing a deep love and respect for their island home. For instance, the Hawaiian traditional breadfruit design is said to lead to a fruitful life, never starving for wisdom or knowledge, but also representing growth and prosperity. The pineapple signifies hospitality, the taro strength, and the mango embodies wishes granted. 
There's an overabundance of stunning tropical floral inspiration, including hibiscus, orchid, frangipani and ginger, as well as ferns, leaves and candle nut, lending themselves perfectly to such graphically stunning and colourful design work. This natural beauty is also freely expressed in their dance, the hula, their songs and their poetry. More and more Hawaiian quilts reflected Polynesian culture and sensibilities through the motifs used to create their amazing quilts, usually consisting of large, radially symmetric applique patterns of highly stylized botanical designs worked in bright, bold colours on a white or light coloured background. These designs are made from a single piece of fabric, folded and cut into the desired design, aptly named cut and fold applique, and finished using quilting stitches that follow the contours of the applique design, worked in a rippling or echo effect, giving the illusion of the waves of the ocean, stitched freehand in rows a finger width apart. In 1895, Queen Lili Uakalani, who opposed powerful business interests and wanted to strengthen the political power of the Hawaiian monarchy, was imprisoned in her own palace and, while confined, stitched a beautiful crazy-style quilt telling of the history and circumstances of what she was living through. Made from silk and cotton fabrics along with polychrome silk embroidery threads, commemorative ribbons and hat bands with a printed cotton muslin interlining, the blocks outline the sequence of events that changed the course of Hawaiian history. Embroidered dates indicated the quilt was started in 1894 and completed after Queen Lili Ukalani's release in 1895. This led to a surge of Hawaiian patriotism and sh that showed itself when women began incorporating the Hawaiian flag and the Hawaiian national motto into their work. Flag quilts typically contain four Hawaiian flags surrounding the coat of arms of the Hawaiian royal family or crown. These quilts usually combine patchwork and applique techniques. In 1843, Lord George Paulet claimed the Hawaiian Islands for the British, ordering all Hawaiian flags be destroyed. So many of these flag quilts date back to the overthrow of the monarch when displaying the Hawaiian flag was considered treason. So in essence, flag quilts bearing symbols of the Hawaiian monarchy could be seen as a form of silent resistance. Hawaiian quilts are an essential way of perpetuating the symbolic significance of Hawaii's culture and lifestyle, becoming treasured possessions of great significance, expressing a deep and abiding love of country. Aloha Ania. And what better way to represent Hawaii's unique natural beauty and tropical luxury in a luxuriousness than through the exquisite and unique art created in their quilts. Now, 
let's not forget that inter-island travel, as well as missionary work, enabled other islanders to adopt and adapt this vision of colourful embellishment in quilt making, layering a different imagery of myths, flowers and plants into their work. And it's this adaption that I find truly fascinating. That seed of an idea meshed with a stitched tradition is used to express the Cook Islanders' own unique style, culture and beliefs in their own way. Quilt making has a history of more than a 100 years in the Cook Islands where Tavave became an art form as well as an integral part of local life and culture. Yet the term quilt is not really accurate, uh, an accurate description as the climate of the Cook Islands is unsuitable for the inclusion of a middle layer of batting. So Tavave are made up using only a top layer and a backing. The word Tavave literally means patches, referencing the pieces of fabrics that are sewn together to create these magnificent quilts, yet it's Polynesian in flavour belonging to the paradise that is the Cook Islands and references all applique and patchwork quilts. Made by women who either work alone or in groups where they use this time to bond, sing and catch up on local news. And as we've seen so many times, these artworks were often made to celebrate special events such as birthdays and weddings, boys' haircutting ceremonies given as gifts to important visitors and to commemorate the death of a loved one. It isn't the custom to measure the monetary value or the cost of making Tavave. That value is reflected in the love and patience of the makers who describe their work as something from the heart. There's a strong familial relationship with these works. For instance, if a marriage uh, breakup, if the quilt's taken away from the immediate family, there's a sense of its becoming unanchored. And as in Hawaii, Tavave replaced bark cloth production in Tahiti and the Cook Islands by the late 19th century. So basically, the function and nature of bark cloth production was simply transferred to Tavave. These treasures are made from brightly coloured fabrics worked in large, graceful floral and plant designs reflecting the beautiful natural environment of the Cook Islands. And for me, it's a combination of the intensity of hue as well as the graceful, radially symmetrical designs that I find so alluring. One Cook Island artist states that Tavave is central to the identity of Cook Island women. These women are speaking a poetic language, using their needles and threads, creating Tavave, resonating with colour, as well as the interplay of pattern in beautifully sinuous and agile designs. It really is a perfect marriage of all those elements. There's an unbelievable skill level used here simply in cutting the fabric into multiple yet linked elements in the work. As I've seen in a Tavave quilt I bought recently in the Punanga Nui markets in Rarotonga. 
It's incredibly graphic, yet one mistake in the cutting and the design would have been ruined. They follow a precise sequence. Fabrics are folded into squares and triangles, into quarters and even eighths, and the subsequent repeated pattern is a joy to behold. There are four kinds of devave, patchwork, applique, embroidered applique and machine made. All visually exemplify the ornate floral and sumptuously coloured tropical textile that is the devave tradition. I love my quilt so much. It's a king-sized quilt with a mid-grey background topped by a white flower and leaf design worked in circles. What I find amazing is that some of the elements are joined and some are not. Yet what I have is a stunning, powerful, gracefully fluid design and I can't wait to begin stitching it. You're able to buy quilts already cut and basted at the Penanganui markets in Rarotonga. All you have to do is the applique and they come in a huge variety of colourways and designs. And one of the pleasures for me was seeing a group of mummers sitting together on the shop veranda stitching their own tavave. There's a very strong sense of ownership for many of the designs, some of which have been handed down for generations, forming a kind of legacy empowering many women. Yet there's also a hesitancy to appropriate and use certain designs and images for fear of infringing on other cultural rights, such as that of the Maori. Cook Island women are able to form stitched recreations of myth and memory. They link the old traditions of the past with those of the present through this magical work that's able to hover between both these worlds. When I think of Tavave, I'm drawn back to Rarotonga, to the friendly, happy people and those magical colours of the stunningly beautiful tropical Cook Islands. I can almost hear the drums calling me back. These quilts are the dwelling place for Cook Island culture, reflecting an elegance of harmony through their flamboyant use of colour and pattern. And if you don't know much about Tavave, I advise some further research. And like the Hawaiian quilts, they offer so much as a design resource. As always, Thank you so much for your time. I love having you here and your time is truly appreciated. I'd like to take this moment to wish all my listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Tell your friends to tune in and subscribe and let's make 2023 the best year ever. Stitch Safari's now reached over 11,000 downloads and that's all thanks to you. It's also been mentioned as one of the 20 best embroidery podcasts of 2021 by Warp Magazine and listed in the top five textile industry podcasts as at January 2022 by Feedspot. And I'm extremely grateful. Please leave a message and subscribe to the Stitch Safari podcast. There's just so much more to discover and it is all so fascinating. 
I do post interesting tidbits on Instagram and Facebook from time to time, as well as book reviews and a blog on the Stitch Safari website. So do head on over. Till the next exciting episode of Stitch Safari and our next inspiring adventure into stitch, embroidery and design. Bye for now. <music>